2: Let's not go to the point where we're, you know, slugging down a bottle of whiskey because we're like, oh gosh, I might lose my house. Yeah. Don't look <laughs> like Chris on Saturday. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. Right. Oh yeah. What's up, baby? That's right. That was last Saturday, and I will be doing the same this Saturday. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> baby. That's right. It will be Christmas Eve. I'll have more family around. Yeah. Um, I I have not had the best track record on Christmas Eve the last few years. Uh oh. Yeah. It's been um. I haven't been Santa's helper, that's for sure. When it comes time to, hey, kids go to bed, you know, so the wife and I can start to put the gifts out and do all that. Yeah. I have found to be passed out a few times the last <laughs> few years and have been unable to help my wife. So yeah. uh, I've been feeling guilty about that. I'm going to so, try not to do that this week. Okay. Okay. You try. say try. I know. I know. But it's just, it's, it's hard for me. All right. I'm a, I'm a battle <laughs> of the metal kind of guy. I think you know that enough about me. Whether it's work, life, whatever, I go hard. And uh yeah when it's time to play I play hard and, yeah. uh, I'm a little worried between yes a full day of family yeah you know a bar there the whole day my yeah. own you know uh greenery uh, addictions and then yeah. and then food so never ending food the whole day it, it could be a disaster so it's more than your immediate family there It'll be there on
3: Christmas Eve, right? Like well, your yeah, my, my, dad will be there. My, your mom. You know, my
2: dad's not going to be there because okay. it's the NFL he's, he's Saturday on yeah. so, you know Sunday on the Saturday, so he won't be there. The rest of my family, yeah, the you know my brother, my brother-in-law, my yeah. sister, my sister-in-law, their family. So yes, everybody. it will be a bigger. So event. you don't
3: act any different, no matter if it was them there or them not there. And just your
2: immediate family or not your immediate family. Like, you're going to do whatever you're going to do. I'm going to do whatever I'm going to want to do. But the the problem is, is when they're there, I probably go another level of hard, right? Because it's just, well, it's just more, there's more action. And, hey, Chris, can you make me a drink? Well, I might as well make myself another drink while I'm over here. And that, that's kind of what happens. Yeah. So that's where it can be dangerous or... You know, yeah. exactly. Hey, okay, Chris, oh, you know, yeah, like my brother-in-law, oh, you, you smoke? Oh, no, I've already smoked a lot. Like, you want some here? I'll give you some. <laughs> well, come out here and smoke with me. Oh, okay, okay. I've had a lot to drink and smoke already, but yeah. I'll smoke some more. That, yeah. That's the problem with a big family gathering. So when you come into this place on Sunday... Morning? Yes. You could be in rough shape. I could be in rough shape. The good thing is don't have to be here in the morning on Sunday. Oh, okay. We're going to be able to get here in the afternoon. Oh, that's good. So I'll get to – and my kids are at an age where I don't think you're at this yet. Huh. They don't run in our room on Christmas morning at 7 a.m. Oh, anymore. Yeah, And they're like, come on, we got to get up. Santa's here. You know, They'll wake up at 9.30. Yeah, right They o'clock. go Santa's on our schedule yeah right now. right, right. Yeah. We, we gotta sleep in we're growing we're we're <laughs> a teenager and on the verge of being a teenager yeah. so I will get to sleep in you're you on the other hand our kids are up early yeah like how early I mean they're
3: up at 6 a.m normally regardless yeah so, so will that happen on Christmas Eve any earlier I don't I you know what I'm hoping not yeah. but it could like right if they're up at 5 30 they're up right uh, yeah. I mean if they yeah. if they wake up and they look at the clock and it's 5 15 they don't care yeah you're right especially on Christmas morning so we're all that, that's your you're, you're so it'll be a long day for us yeah. too. There'll Good. be some uh, drinking involved in the freed house good, as good. Well. that's what we so. like
2: to hear baby i'm looking forward to it wearing your red pants for
3: christmas too look at well, this what I'm, a special day i'm wearing it for uh, for this day so we're going to get into a lot of things here we're going to get into the playoff teams uh some red flags for yeah. some of these playoff teams right. that have clinched already or on the cusp of clinching right. and some green flags some yeah. statistical green that's christmas spirit yeah. right there right those right. are the colors um, so we're going to get into that let's first start with this um Franco Harris passed away uh. at the age of seventy-two. We found that out today. The fiftieth anniversary of the Immaculate Reception is Friday, and the Raiders play the Steelers on Saturday. Um, just uh, you see all on on Twitter and people sharing it on TV. All their memories of Franco Harris from all accounts. Just a a great guy to know. And, great, and you had the opportunity to to meet him a couple yeah.
2: times, correct? Yeah, for a few times. I mean, he's just um, he's like it couldn't have been a nicer human being. He never would have thought he was a ex-macho, 70s, you know, star running back in the NFL. He was more like, you know, wiser, older, very calm father figure who just couldn't be nicer to you and not just like, you know, BS nice too. Like legitimately wanted to sit there, look at you in the eye and talk a little bit and how's life. And and uh, so the person was amazing. And then the player, you know, for, for a guy like you and me where – Again, we were born, you know, right outside that Steelers dynasty, but again, me growing up in a household that was football, of course. My early recollections still of like learning history of football, of course, started with the 70s Steelers. And, you know, hearing my dad talk about those teams and then, you know, going back and watching old NFL films and highlights and things like that. I mean, at that time, 1986, 87 when I'm doing that type of stuff, and they were the team and the history of the NFL. So you went back and started there. You know, oh, let me watch, you know, the NFL films highlights of Super Bowl 13. Let me watch 14. Let me watch nine. Let me watch 10. You know, and then let alone, I think, probably like the first majestical play I ever learned of in the lures of football were the Immaculate Reception. Yeah. So some of my early recollection, early years of football, learning the history of the game was so based around that Steelers team and Franco Harris. And that's where it's really sad to see a legend like this go. The fact that that play happened, first of all, is crazy,
3: right? If that play were to happen at any time in any game, you'd be like, wow, that's one of the craziest plays. But for it to happen at that moment in that game. AFC Divisional game. (laughs) Right, a playoff game. Right. Huge is, rivalry. Yeah, you can make the argument that is the craziest play of all time. It, 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 it had the statue. Really you're is. seeing it right now yeah. on, on Peacock. You see or it YouTube, in the
2: airport when you're going at the airport, yeah. the statue of Franco Harris of that play. So it's amazing, and it's got a little controversy around it, right? Yeah, you know. So there's that aspect. Of course, it was the, the start of the great rivalry, and even in that game there. That was a game where people thought the Raiders were going to win that for sure, and everybody was looking for the Raiders-Dolphins AFC Championship game showdown. That was going to be the matchup. So they upset the apple cart there a little bit. Mm. Uh, and, and too, I mean, that play and the rest of those legends there, I mean, I think that's the beginning of putting, I don't. I don't mean to be, like, Pittsburgh sports on the map, Pittsburgh on the map in general. Yeah. I mean, that was like – Such a big moment and kind of the jump-off spot for their four Super Bowls. And uh, shame to see him go. And such a, you know, part of the Pennsylvania DNA as far as going to Penn State and playing at Pittsburgh and all that. So, yeah, RIP Franco Harris. Shame to see. Saturday you talked about they're playing the Raiders. He's going to get his jersey retired Saturday. I mean, it's just... He was on the radio with Chris Mad Dog Russo yesterday. Mm. I think that's what's shocking about it, is nobody felt like this was coming anytime soon. Right. And you just kind of get an uppercut learning about this. What would you say, Pete? That was their first playoff victory. It was their first playoff. That's crazy. Crazy. Right?
3: Their 40th season... Because, you know, you and me, it just we feel like the Steelers' voice been exactly. good. Exactly. It was like they were winning exactly. championships well before we were born. Yeah. But, no, that was the beginning of it with that uh, that catch. So, yeah, uh, thoughts out to all those uh, who knew him. Uh, we'll certainly see more stories shared um, throughout the weekend yep. in the NFL. doesn't look like the Steelers are going to make the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. But we're going to talk about the teams who are in or close to getting in. Yeah. We'll start with our BetMGM Super Bowl odds. Take a look at this here. So here are the Super Bowl odds. The best chance right now (laughs) to get to the Super Bowl at plus 375, the Buffalo Bills and your boy blue.
2: Eagles right below them at plus 400. I'm a little surprised by that. Are little? I'm fucking like almost fell off my, I didn't see this until right now. (laughs) I almost fell off my fucking chair. I, like you were looking at me like, uh, when are you going to stop talking so I can like? Well, yell I just I was looking at the graphic on our computer <laughs> and then I went to go look at the screen that we have of a return monitor, and I was like, I want to make sure like, I, the, the what I had in the computer was not the same. I, I had to double take it. Yeah, I mean, what? How are the Eagles not the favorite? I don't. I couldn't even confidently bet on the Bills to make it out of the AFC right now. I mean, I couldn't do that. Chief's the third choice right now, plus 500. And I think you can make an argument. The one that jumps out to me would be, man, the 49ers and the Bengals, especially the Bengals. You could make an argument that the Bengals are the best team in the AFC, top to bottom. Mm. I, I mean, yes. So that's where... I'm very shocked by that. I am shocked, too, because it seems like almost
3: like a foregone conclusion they'll be the one seed where I think there's still some work to do if you're the Bills. A
2: ton of work. I mean, they got to play the Bengals next week. Uh, what? That ain't going to be easy. So that, that's where, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's anything locked up there. The only thing we know that's locked up is in the NFC and that damn team in green down in Philly. Yeah. and And that's the only team that we can call that's great this year. So that's where I'm shocked by it. I'm shocked to see that. I mean, I wouldn't even bet money to bet on the bills coming out of the AFC Championship. AFC. Like, I wouldn't bet. I wouldn't do that. So for them to just put them in the Super Bowl, I'm, I really am surprised. So maybe you want to rush over to
3: BetMGM right yeah. now. The action never stops at BetMGM. You can sign up now using the bonus code SIMS, your first
2: wager, risk-free, up to $1,000. Man, so say you bet $100 on the Giants or the Jaguars to win Ooh. the Super Bowl. Well, holy crap, you're <laughs> going to be rich because yeah. if you win, you'll get $8,000. Nice. But if you lose, okay. you'll still get
3: $100 worth of free bets. So you simply download the Bet MGM app today or go to betmgm.com com. enter the bonus code SIMS to make your first wager risk-free up to $1000. As we said at the beginning of the show, just bet as much as you bet have responsibly. To lose. Bet responsibly. That's right. Out there. Don't get too don't get too crazy. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to get crazy right now. Woo, 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 with woo, those woo, playoff woo. teams Let's that we go. just Let's listed go. there. So you know, this is our What the F Happened Wednesday. We take a closer look, and by we,
2: I mean you. Take a closer look at the film. You take closer look at things. I'll
3: at some of the stats.
2: Right.
1: So this is what we've done. We've you got. Try, the-
2: you look at stats to go, wait, is Chris totally fucking crazy? And <laughs> yeah. Let me prove him wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. wait, Chris is on something here, and uh, let me keep diving down this wormhole. Go, how
3: is he going to explain away this stat? Um, so we're going to talk about the Bills, Chiefs, Bengals, Ravens, Eagles, Vikings, 49ers, Cowboys, a statistical green flag so something that's like oh that's good this is this looks good on paper and chris then will say why it's actually not good and then a schematic red flag so green flag red flag so some of the things that maybe we need to look out for for some of these playoff teams and some of the things they got going for them yeah um let's start with the buffalo bills Right. right now uh chris's favorite no, oh, I'm sorry. Bet MGM's favorite to win the Super Bowl right now, not Chris's favorite, although he does like the quarterback over there. They're 11 and that. 3. They have clinched a playoff berth. We do know that. They just beat uh, Miami in the fourth quarter snowball in Buffalo by by 3 points. You looked at the tape for this one. Um Let's start with um with kind of like the Bills offense. Yeah like overall and of right. course you you've praised Josh Allen he's making plays sometimes it looks like the whole team is on his shoulders yeah. when when you take a look at the the tape and the scheme yeah. and the other players right. i mean does it seem like he is getting more help than maybe it appears just by watching the game <sighs> no, on tv no it does okay.
2: not i'm sorry It just it does not there's just there's nothing easy for him that that's where i i just i i feel for him a little bit now Listen, they're still really good. I get that. And I think the big—I think the talent is overrated, as you've heard me say. I mean, it, it is. The scheme is good. You know, I'm not blown away by it. I'm not sitting here and going, oh, my gosh, this is, you know, Kyle Shanahan or Andy Reid or whatever. But the Ken Dorsey offense, it's good. And the best thing they do that makes them dangerous is they stay aggressive. They know who their, you know, chosen one is. So the fact that they continue call plays where it's like, they call plays to get 20 and 25-yard completions. And, of course, that backs the defense up. And if you're open by an inch, he gets it in there. So that is what keeps them dangerous. Because then also when you open the field up that way, right, and he's so dangerous by the fact that they're aggressive and they keep attacking, that's when the scrambles happen. That's when he dead can hit an underneath throw and they can get some yards after the catch. But still, I mean, yes, it's too Josh Allen-centric. And there's just not enough guys on the football team that can separate. That that would be my biggest issue. You know, out of the receiver position, and, and, and Pete, I was having this conversation with him a little bit earlier because I was just going, Diggs is really the only guy I look at that can get open, like against a good corner, man-to-man. He's the only guy. And I know people out there are still on this Gabe Davis thing, but then Pete came to me and he's like, you know, actually, he's like you know, separation with Gabe Davis and when you look at, you know, some of the – people who keep track of this is he's never separates um so yes and then you talk about the running of the football well the traditional run game is non-existent there so you know that that's where it worries me a little bit for them and yes there's he played phenomenal I don't know what else to say about it he's again him and Mahomes are arguably the greatest one-man shows I've ever seen let alone just this year and uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's his miraculous ability that that helped him win this football game. He is one of
3: three quarterbacks to lead his team in rush yards and rush TD. Justin Fields is the other. Lamar Jackson is the other one. Uh, names you expect to see there, but right. not necessarily what you want to see there. You want to see some help around around Josh Allen. So this is the kind of the red flag part of the Bills here. And so why don't we just talk about the defensive red flag that you saw too when you looked at this film yeah. with the Dolphins? Because we will talk a little bit about the Dolphins too because they're on the cusp of a, of a playoff spot sure. here too. And there are some things you actually liked on, on that side of the ball. But defensively for for the Bills, I think a couple of your red flags from your notes. It right. just seems like... Who's who's the playmaker that's, on that, this defense yeah, now?
2: That that's the thing that's uh, right. Let's start there. Who's who's the guy, you know, that you can look at to go, that's a real stud. He can make some plays in a big moment here. You know, you get to other good defenses in the sport, like there's a handful of them with the Eagles. There's, you know, quite a few with the 49ers. And you know, Bosa, Greenlaw, and Fred Warner. They, you know, Hufunga. holy shit. Like I mean, they got, you know, so those, they have guys that can, can really make plays outside the scheme and all that. This is where the Von Miller injury is a little concerning because, again, it's really good, but the red flag I would throw on that side of the ball there is just like it's, it's a little too McDermott and Leslie Frazier uh, dependent on their great scheme and everything there. So that would be – Ed Oliver's a good player, right? I don't look at it and go, oh, he's great. He's in the top defensive tackle conversation. There's no pass rusher to worry about. I mean, Gregory Rousseau is his. He's got I think seven sacks or something like that. He still doesn't lead the team. Von Miller hasn't played in a month. He's still leading the team in sacks, so I think that says says something too. And you know Rousseau, all the sacks came in like the first few games of the year. He's kind of been non-existent as far as pressuring the quarterback that way. So I worry about that. Then you get into the secondary. They have no shutdown corner. You saw my notes. Tre'Davious White is. The Dolphins dropped the ball by not attacking him. There's no way he could have covered Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle. They dropped the ball. When they attacked him, people were open. And if Tua threw the ball accurately, it was a big completion. They did not go after him enough. Tredavious White can't run right now. So that's an issue. Jordan Poyer, hey, he's smart. He knows what to do. He can't really run. So I just go, who's... Who's the guy they're going to be able to depend on to make something happen in a big moment in the AFC playoffs? And that scares me, Ahmed. You know what's helped them so far, though. Yeah. And here's my green flag. Yeah. So that we just beat down Bills fans with those schematical red flags. Here's well, the green yeah, flag. we Hey, they, we talk enough positive about them. They can handle a little negative here. We're talking about Super Bowl Bills, so yeah. we got to pick them apart a little. So here's the defense. So last year in goal to go situations. They
3: gave up a touchdown seventy three percent of the time. That was mid pack in the NFL. That was seventeenth in the NFL. This year, they're giving up a touchdown just sixty percent of the time. That is the third best in the
2: NFL. Yeah. So in crunch time down by the goal line, right.
3: they have been difficult to score.
2: Yeah. I, I I don't I'm not shocked by that. And again, I think that goes into they're smart, you know, you don't have to worry about, you know, behind you. They're really well coached that way. You know, so that that's where I'm. I'm not shocked by it, and they are better against the run than I felt like last year or the year before. Where, yeah, like there there is you know some teams they played last year where I go, well, this team's just going to smash it down their face and they're going to score a touchdown. Like there's nothing they're able to do, right? Whether it was the Titans in the regular season, the Colts in the regular season last year, they had those issues. They are definitely better and deeper on the D line. That gives them. It. Here's the guy I look at to be one of the keys to the success for their year. They need Jordan Phillips back and healthy. Jordan Phillips is a under the radar game wrecker and he's by far their best run stopping defensive lineman. So he is his value and I hope he and I think he's close to being healthy here. Yes, he was back on the practice field yesterday. right? Right. So they need him down the stretch. You know, 'Cause he can two gap, which can help them out for a little flexibility in the run game, but I think his health is is paramount. But bottom line, red flags, McDermott, Frazier, too much on them, scheme wise. And then I mean, Allen, is there I mean, is there is anybody more responsible for the total yards of their football team than football than Josh Allen? I would have a hard time thinking that's not the case. I mean no Jalen Hurts is probably up there, but you know, Josh Allen, again, when their traditional run game, it's, it's negative Ghost Rider. There's nothing there, and that scares me in the AFC where there's some damn good teams. He had to face a little bit different attack
3: by yeah. the Dolphins this time. Um, let's get into that yeah, side of the ball it. here because Allen versus the Dolphins, they blitzed him quite a bit the first time they played, week right. number three, 38% of his dropbacks, but last week it was just 17%. He was just 5 of 8 for 64 yards, so... From what you saw from the film, was this a different, less aggressive approach from a Dolphins defense against Josh Allen? Yes,
2: definitely less aggressive. Not not as much like, you know, in your face. We're bringing the house, and we're going to leave a guy with no safety help, and you can just, you know, tear us up that way, right? So, and and the thing that I think was interesting here, and and you know. The Finns always opt to be a little aggressive, and they're getting better where they're being tactical about it, where it's not going all in on it all the time, which has, I think, burned them a little bit here and there. But, you know, the other thing they did in the game and doubled Diggs a little bit in the first half, put Xavier Howard on Gabe Davis. And it's like, okay, let's do that in case they come out and, you know, maybe they have some plays designed for Diggs so we can just take him out and we feel good about Xavier Howard and Gabe Davis. So, and then it worked pretty good. The second half, I think they got to a point where they went, all right, we're kind of comfortable and we might change up the defenses a little bit here. And they put Xavier Howard on Stephon Diggs and let him just go man to man. And then worried about maybe we'll rush five or we're going to have a QB spy for Josh Allen so he can't scramble and run and do that. So they played that style a little bit, but it was definitely less aggressive. And I still think there's a point where I still think it's maybe even a hair too aggressive for me because I just think they're, they're good enough up front to where they don't need to do it as much as they do.
3: How about some of those guys up front? You've talked about Christian Wilkins yeah. in the past. Yeah. But you don't think it's just him up there in the front. You think Raquan Davis— popped
2: on tape for you he always does i mean he's he's uh he's a an elite run game stuffer so that's where i yeah him you know seiler sealer seiler i always met number 92 yeah. i mean you know they, they they they're shut down defensive tackles I and mean, they put them on the field together a lot of the times so they'll have those three on the field with Jalen Phillips as their one-pass rusher, and they'll just go, yeah, all right, good luck running. We got four guys, we got three D-tackles in the game and a guy that's a defense end who's actually good against the run too. So now we can play coverage or do whatever, and we can still kind of stop the run with this group. They're, they're phenomenal up front. They really are, and uh, there's no – as we've always talked about with good teams, there's no offense that's going to overmatch them in that department as far as being able to run or protect all day. Uh, those they're, they're really good. I think it's one of the things we talked about on the Monday pod is that
3: if you're a Dolphins fan, there are a lot of things that you look at this game, and you're like, yeah, there's a lot of things to be optimistic about, even if you lost. Agreed. Agreed. And on the offensive side of the ball as well. Definitely. Uh, a little bit better game. They kept him in it in cold conditions here. Uh, a couple things on offense before we go on to the, the next playoff team here for the Dolphins, um, they were a little bit better in the uh, the passing game. Yep, Tua played a little bit better. Maybe we'll get into that. But I want to start with the running game yeah. because I think there were a lot of people clamoring the last couple of weeks, like oh, they should run it, they should run it, stay with stay with the run. Does the tape tell you the same thing, or is it a different story?
2: No, it it, it it does. You know, they definitely were better with it in this football game. I still came away going, ah, they probably could have been a little bit more patient with it. I understand. You know, again, and it it's not the easiest adjustment, just because. Excuse me. Is is the pass game and all that stuff has been so great all year, so. You know, they're they're kind of slowly making that transition to go, wait, wait, we got to get back to this a little bit so we can help open up some of the other stuff because teams have figured out how to defend some of our RPOs and play actions and all of that. But yeah they're getting, you know, in this game, that's where it was a little surprising. I mean, yeah, I mean, Buffalo, there's plays where they're in run defenses and it just doesn't matter. And that's where, again, I get into the conversation about some of the red flags with Buffalo a little. And that's where I got into the Jordan, man, they need Jordan Phillips back um but they're they're still a dangerous football team and some of the holes they opened up in this football game were big and of course he knows how to stress you out too with running the ball and then still having the threat of the speed sweep or some sort of wait it could be the rpo or this guy's going a million miles per hour and we got to kick the linebackers over and they say set hut and now we're kind of just figuring out what gap we're in and the ball's coming down to me in the running game, and wait, was I in this gap or that gap? I just moved over because my rules changed because of the motion, and that's what they do to you. And I think they could use it, you know, even more than than what they do. So, uh,
3: so they need to run the ball a little bit more. You said that the pass game didn't get a whole lot going outside of a Raheem Moster swing pass early on. Early in this game. on, it
2: wasn't much, right? They, um, they 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 had a plan for the RPO game. They were man to man a little bit again in that department, right? And that to me is where I thought they dropped the ball. Like, they they got to, you're going to be man to man and Stradavius White on those guys. You've you got to take some shots. You just got to go, all right, we're going to drop back. And if you want to play this way, I'm going to keep a tight end in the block and we're going to attack you. You know, I thought they were a little maybe late to adjust to that. Mm-hmm. And then they did some of the charger stuff we talked about that I think teams are going to dabble with as well. A little bit more man coverage, even on those fast receivers. Exactly. To the point where they even left some other guys uncovered, but didn't. Pay for it. No, they didn't pay for it. But because you know, teams too, like Buffalo, they took a few chances and they double waddle, they double hill, and then all of a sudden emotion happens or the ch- the formation changes and you know, it can mess people up. And it's like, wait, I was doubling with you and now they're over here and I gotta double with you and they they there was a few plays that were there to be had because they blew up or they messed up their rules as far as according to the formation and the play being run. And yeah, there was, you know, two, three pass plays where I went, ah, like you know, those guys are doubled. If he looked over here and played the concept, he would have he would have had something big. And you know, again, I think he's adjusting to the new way teams are playing him as well, as in Tua, the quarterback I'm talking about.
3: Yeah, Tua, last thing here, because we always we're the we're the Tua hating podcast. <laughs> You know, we always like to point out his mistakes. Was there any uh, mistake by Tua in this game where there was a wide receiver open that he didn't see well, at any point in the game? Well,
2: yeah. Well, he had the one <laughs> it, well, to the to the, <laughs> the emphasis, emphasis I'm talking about here again a little too. Yes. is, Yeah. I mean, we had a play that I just wrote down in my notes and and early P fourth quarter.
3: Actually, first play of the fourth quarter. First right? play of the fourth quarter. Third that's and right.
2: three. Third, third and three. And he's got a little concept with three receivers to the left, and then on the right he's got a little go route and a slot out route. And he plays the slot out route. And again, this is a tough one. This is tough. And I'm not, I don't want to blame too much with Tua. This is where it's hard to play quarterback in the NFL. You know, Buffalo, they do a great job of disguising. Jordan Poyer made it and did a great job of making it look like it was some sort of single safety defense. And if you're watching on YouTube here, you could see now the ball stapped and look where Jordan Poyer is. They're playing two man down here. So within this play, this concept's not going to be open against this coverage and up top they're trying to play a man-to-man but they haven't passed it off the right way here as you could see right and milano is going to the back on the swing route where i believe he should have carried gasecki up the seam but the motion and some of the stuff they did pre-stat messed them up and they messed up those rules and all i'm saying here and again this is tough we have- I see quarterbacks every week that misplays. That's what I was going to ask you. In yeah. fairness to
3: Tua, could you pick out two or three plays well, like this for every quarterback? Well, that's, every week? that's
2: where it bothered me a few weeks ago with the Zach Wilson thing. I wanted to go like, I can go to every game and start to go, well, after we snap the shot, look, this guy's open. Yeah. Right. You know, one, Hey, he's already looking over here and throwing the ball. Right. But yeah, the way these defenses are. This is a good defensive unit as far as how they're coached. Right. I've talked about their disguises all the time and the things they do that way. So yeah, they fooled him, let alone, like I was saying, this is something I think McDaniel and Tua are getting used to. Like, yeah. wait, nobody's done this to us, where it's like they play cover zero on one side and they're playing two-man on the other side. And they'll get more and more used to it. So Tua, again, I think was an encouraging game for the Dolphins. You went up to Buffalo in freezing cold weather with some snow and some wind, yeah. and you move the football, and minus some miraculous moments by fucking Superman, you're going to win the game. But... That's where he's unbelievable, and that's where Josh Allen, again, I don't know if he can do it the whole way here. I question that, but he's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, he forced them, Ahmed, just real quick to go back to that. I didn't mean to change it, but he forced them to where they didn't want to blitz a ton because they were scared to. They wanted to play a little zone, but they realized, oh, shit, he's just going to pick us apart. Like he'll get it out quick or we'll get pressure, but it'll make a guy miss and then he'll still get it out and then it'll pick apart our zone. And that's where they got into all right, we're just we can cover these guys. We'll play man. We kinda got a feel for the routes they're running today. And we'll either rush five or rush four and have a guy in the middle kind of just reacting as soon as he breaks the pocket. And that's what he did to them. And and even on the last drive of the game. I mean We've got we to gotta go 90 yards. We've got to go down the field to score here. We've got to go 90 to score the touchdown before it. I mean, nothing's easy. The easiest thing he gets is we've got to run quarterback power and you got to weave through the, That's the easiest plays he gets. Yeah. The completions are like, oh, here's a 20-yard out route. Can you throw that into the wind and the snow? Oh, here's a one-on-one 25-yard back shoulder that you got to throw in the guy's ear hole to make it happen. Oh, okay, no problem. And that, to me, I just don't know if that's going to be able to get it done. That's what scares yeah. me. And he has some bad plays every once in a while. We'll he just, does. We'll just never show them, though, well, because no. we
3: like him. Well, I, I, if Zach Wilson has a bad, we won't show that either.
2: <laughs> don't, don't try <laughs> to do favorite. that. We pick favorites. You're, you're not, I might talk <laughs> favorites. I don't pick favorites. Yeah. I don't do that.
3: Uh, one uh, statistical green flag for yeah. the Dolphins, I just uh, like an indication of how much better they've gotten. I think we appreciate it, but I don't know how how we appreciate how f- much better they've gotten. Um, last year, yards per play on offense in the NFL, the Dolphins were 29th in the NFL, uh, just over four and a half. This year, they're over six, and yeah. they're second in the NFL. They've gone from 29th to second in the NFL in yards per play in
2: offense. Who's number in one, one in year. yards per play? Is it The Eagles? Kansas City Chiefs, Chiefs. Okay, that would have been my next guess. Speaking of the Chiefs, as we move perfect, but you're transition. amazing. That yeah. is amazing play, po- and that's why they're dangerous. Yeah, and that's why I, they are they're coming. And, and they it's not like make, and their defense is good too. That's what I mean. They want to make plays, yeah. and even in this game, they they strip sack fumble on on Josh Allen. He held the ball too long, being too greedy. There was somebody open. See, I do talk negatively about the guy, you <laughs> asshole. Yeah. Uh, and he got strip sack fumbled because of it. He's got to be careful about being a little greedy at times. It would be cool if the Dolphins made a run in the playoffs
3: i think it's a fun fun team they are a fun team team to watch watch. got a lot of a lot of talented players but they need to go through the bills probably need to go through the chiefs at some point who have clinched the afc west once again although it was quite difficult for them against houston uh, last week winning in overtime so before we kind of get to the red flags of the chiefs we just kind of want to Want to figure out like why why was it so hard? And you want yeah. to take a closer look at the tape because like what what happened? Was right. it turnovers? Was it penalties? What was it? Was it the offense getting figured out by the yeah. Texans? Yeah. What was it? it definitely was it so wasn't
2: hard. the offense getting figured out. Okay. All right. That's where I want to start. I mean, their offense looks as good as I've ever seen it. All right. That's I'm glad we're starting there because it's as I think as versatile and as dangerous as I've ever seen it. He is playing unbelievable. This game was not a highlight show Mahomes played. This this was a surgical Mahomes. There wasn't a ton of highlight plays. I mean, he had the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar run to the right, hook shot all the way across the field. That was amazing, right? But the rest of the game was him in the pocket, pinpoint throws, moving the right way in the pocket, making the right decisions, and they, their thing is self-inflicted wounds to what you're saying inopportune penalties. I mean, here's McKinnon going down the left sideline and we're going to be in field goal range in the red zone. And Juju, like, is 20 yards from the play. I don't know why. He holds the guy, right? And then, oh, now it comes back. And then they don't even end up being a field goal position and they get no points, right? So it was like, hey, it was a good drive. They actually moved and did things the right way. Ah, uh, they did that. And then, of course, Pacheco fumbling and Juju fumbling. At no point did you really think, I mean, there was one drive the whole game where you felt like they stopped them. But the big thing is, in years past, I worried about Kansas City with a handful of teams every year. I go, oh, if they play this team, this is going to be a tough matchup for them because we know Kansas City can't run the ball, and they're just going to throw it. But as you've heard me say, the run game is real. The screen game is real. The drop-back intermediate short pass game is real. We know the deep ones are good, okay? We know that. And then they're getting underneath the center and becoming a real offense that way, too. I used to go, oh, like people in the screening room used to hear me say, like, I used to say, oh, he's underneath center. Here comes a play action shot. They're going to – and I used to go, it's just like a fucking waste of time because they don't run the ball, and everybody knows when he gets under center, they're like, they're going to they're gonna try to make a big play here. They're going to protect him and let him take a shot down the field. So no one ever respected it. Now the way they're running the ball and their fact – they're getting underneath the center and running the ball, it holds water to where now you're seeing, like, the Texans were like, we got to play an eight-man front and play man-to-man. Like, holy shit. And so that's where there's not going to be a defense this year. If they did get to the Super Bowl, IFC, where I go, oh, man, it's going to be tough for them today because they're good at pass defense and they can rush the passer. And that's where I think it's really encouraging for the Chiefs' offense.
3: I think we have some numbers that uh, back up what you were good, saying there. How good. much they're playing uh, under center here, Pete? Did we already show those? Or no? Here they are: twenty twenty one to twenty twenty two. His completion percentage has gone up here. His passing yards about the the same. Passing yards per attempt though uh, have gone up. But yeah, and Pete notes in my ear, we still got three games to go here. and And it's something that they didn't necessarily do in the beginning of the year that they're gaining steam and doing exactly right
2: Right. That's Exactly right, too. It's really just come here the last few weeks where it's starting to really become a thing. And I think that's because of Pacheco. And, of course, I think it's because of the offensive line. And I think also he probably looks at it, Andy Reid being as smart as he is, probably going, wait, I don't know if we can beat the Bengals again if we don't have a little bit more of that or beat them at all. They haven't beat them yet. I don't know if we can beat, you know, the 49ers at full strength or the Eagles at full strength if we don't have a little bit more of a balance and some other answers on the offensive side of the ball. So uh, it, it's really an amazing An amazing offense altogether and what they got going right now. One
3: of the weird things with the Chiefs, though, and and this has been the case the last couple of years, and teams, of course, play deep, uh, don't want to give up the big play. Of course, when they had Tyreek Hill, they were scared of the big play there. Uh, But Patrick Mahomes, air yards per completed pass this year, 5.6. That is tied with Russell Wilson, Joe Flacco, Mike White. We're talking like in the 20th range and in the NFL. It's not the end-all, be-all. But by taking a look at the tape, you did think that they're, you know, maybe – like, the deep shot from one of the best deep throwers in the game, right. Patrick Mahomes, like, that, that doesn't always link up for them.
2: I think it's the only part of his game that he needs to improve on. Oh, so he does need to improve upon that, I, I think, think he does. I think especially in-the-pocket rhythm deep throws. When he breaks the pocket, if you took that away, I bet you those numbers are good. Because now he's outside and he's manipulated coverages or somebody's gotten behind the defense because they think he's going to scramble and run, and that's fine. But I'm talking about hey play action. I got to hit this post corner, or you know play action. Here's a post down the middle, and I took a five-step drop, and now I'm supposed to throw it on the second hitch, and boom, I put it on the money. He's a little tries to be a little too perfect with it sometimes. Like there was a one of the worst plays he had of the game. He had Valdez Scantling early on. I think it was first quarter, or maybe it was early second on like a post corner, and he just tries to throw it so perfectly that it fell short and he couldn't get it. And I would just want to go either just rip it right through his chest and, like, aim for his chest and just drive the ball through there or throw it high and far and out there and let him go run and get it. It's the only negative that he really has about his game at all. Um, but, yeah, I think there's, you know, they left some meat on the bone. And he threw another great throw off a of play action to um, uh, 83. 83. Which I think is uh, is, 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 a, is that, I always get eighty three and eighty four mixed up. Eighty four Watson of okay. a play action, they're backed up, and he and he dropped it. It should have been a big big completion, but it, it's a real spot of their a real part of their offense now.
3: My statistical green flag yeah. for the Chiefs. I mean, they don't really need one, um, but the running game. Getting four point seven eight yards per play, seventh in the NFL. That's actually right where they were
2: last year. So uh, that's interesting, and maybe they're just doing it. I wonder it a little where differently. the well. I think they're doing it more differently, right? And I I I think about when they're doing it in the game, right? And the amount of attempts they. Brought. I bet you sure. the attempts are up this year as well. Right. You know where. You know, like last year, yeah, I'm sure the yards per attempt were pretty good because they just threw the ball 30 times in a row. So now the defense is like, oh, fuck, they do know how to run. Look, they got a, you know, a nine-yard gain up the middle, right? So now they're viewing it a few times where they're going, wait, the team thinks they're going to run and they're legitimately running. Yeah. And that's where it's different than
3: than years past. And they have taken a step forward in the passing game, which is which is crazy Agreed. to think about. Second best in the NFL in yards per passing play, yep. just behind the uh, Miami Dolphins there. So that's pretty crazy, right? You lose Tyreek Hill, you go from 11th in the NFL in passing yards per play right. for the Kansas
2: City Chiefs right. to now number 2. It's crazy. And then within that, throwing the ball shorter to what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. You know. So I think that too, again speaks to him reading things the right way and then him and pinpoint accuracy, where guys can run after the catch, that's the big thing, and that's where you know they're they're dangerous. All right, so so there's a red flag. What are the red flags? Well, this it's is Christmas. The we got green and red. Yeah, it's defense. The defense is the red flag. You know, I, I the first the offense doesn't have a weakness right now. You know, the defense. The concern is youth. Chris Jones seems to be the only guy that can make big plays in big moments. Right, and. You know, as we've seen here with some good offenses, like the Bengals and the Chargers, did whatever they wanted against them, and that scares me. Let alone, you know, I know Mahomes did some dumb things against the Denver Broncos, but then they moved the ball and capitalized on them. So that's where I worry about them. They're young in the secondary, so I think that that like kind of handcuffs Spagnuolo a little bit to be a little more simpler than years past. And as we, you heard me say a few weeks ago when they played the Bengals, right, it's like either all-out blitz or it's fake the blitzing and we drop into Tampa two, mm. right? And I think that's an easy formula for young guys. Or oh, I'm playing man-to-man or I'm faking it. And I'm playing this one-zone coverage that we do a lot. And that is, I think, the, the big thing that um, I, that scares me. And, 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 then, and then you add on top of that is they're not good in the red zone. So those double whammies—that—that's—that's that's a little scary. I mean, not only the not AFC. good.
3: Not only not good. there's 31st in the NFL. I think the Raiders might be the only team worse than them at preventing touchdowns in the red zone. So that—that
2: that says something right there. It kind of tells you that teams can kind of do whatever they want down there. You know that they don't have a great pass rush to get there and pressure the quarterback a whole lot. They're not necessarily great at running the football down there. It tells you that. You know, they're not great at man-to-man with back shoulders and things like that that you see in the red zone. So there's, there's some issues there, and that's what scares me about the Chiefs. Either. And and here's another red flag. Their field goal kicker has been bad. Which is crazy. Crazy. He's been one of the best in the league for a while. Definitely. He got hurt
3: early in the year. Who knows if that's affecting him here. Harrison right. Butker at 76% with his field goal percentage. He is 30th out of thirty three kickers this season. It's crazy.
2: It's crazy. It, it is uh he was like was a for sure thing I feel like the last three years before this. And uh I, I gotta think the injury has affected it a little bit or took him out of his mojo for sure. Um but yeah, that's scary. They were a team You know, I'm not going to say they were in Ravensville, but they were a team where a little bit where you're like, oh, once they get around the 35, that's three points. They're going to get it. There's no doubt about it, and you can't say that right now. It's been a weird year for some kickers, though, because even the Bengals, McPherson, whatever. Yeah, Money Mac has missed a few, too. He has, too. Right There have been
3: some kickers who we've normally said are automatic, and Justin Tucker missed two field Uh, goals last week. What the
2: fuck is going on in the world? (laughs) Our pets' heads are falling off. (laughs) Is that
3: true? What's that? You
2: know? You don't know that? I know you don't know that movie. That is... um, um, <laughs> damn. No, no, no. Our pet's heads are falling off. Dumb and dumber. Oh, okay. When yeah. They, yeah. they come into their house and they're trying to find the briefcase because he's an idiot and stole the briefcase okay. with cash. And, you know, the bad guys come in and they rip one of the birds, their pet bird's head oh, off okay. to send a message. Okay. And they think crazy things are happening. They don't know what. They're idiots. They're dumb and dumber. Yeah. Our pets' heads are falling off. I haven't seen that movie. I mean. But I didn't want to let that just go, even though I didn't know what you you. were talking about. You need to see that movie, bro. Okay?
3: (laughs) It's going to make you laugh. I've I've probably seen it through all the clips that are shared. I don't think you've seen it all. You need
2: to see that movie.
3: uh, Speaking of the Bengals kicker. Speaking of the kicker, the (laughs) Bengals. Yeah. uh, the team that beat the Chiefs last year to get to the uh, Super Bowl—I could have gone either way there with the transition. It's tough when you have pets' heads falling off. It's yeah. like there's not really a clean yeah, transition to the Speaking Bengals. Speaking of the
2: Bengals, oh, who are be- pets? A you be- know, yeah, it pet is a cat. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, <laughs> lost their head <laughs> a couple
3: times this season. They're nine and five, but they will clinch a playoff berth with a win at the Patriots. Um, let me let me start with the uh, statistical green flag, which maybe like sound like a red flag when I first say it. Uh, this year, they're 28th in rush yards per play. That's not good. You know, you take a look at the team. It's like Joe Mixon, has he lost a step, got hurt, was out a couple of weeks with a concussion. So Maje Pirine's been pretty good, right. but a lot of that may be in the passing game. So they can't run the ball. And you're like, that seems like a red flag to me. Last year, they were 26th in the NFL in rush, rush yards per play. Right. So they
2: got to the Super Bowl, even with a similar effective running game last year. It looks it, it's like. interesting. And, you know, it, the, the, where the stats can be, a little misleading too as to where they are right now. Like the last five, four or five weeks, I bet you they're, if we just took that, their rankings I think would be higher. They're mm-hmm. starting to be able to run the football uh, to where it's enough, enough to make everything work and make the play action pass legit and all that. So that's the, that's, that's, you know, it is a positive for them. I know it's not, again, they're not a team that needs to be like Kansas City we never thought they had to be the best rushing team in the football but as long as there's a semblance of that that means the rest of their offense is going to have some favorable matchups and I do feel like they've gotten better not last week specifically against the the Bucks though all right so so yeah. let's talk about the red flags yeah cuz there's a lot I mean we
3: talk positively about you know Jamar Chase and they they probably do have the best
2: uh, one two punch in the NFL. Yeah, Tee higgins it's, it's and Jamar there. Chase? It's in that convo with Waddle and Tyree Kill. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, you know, right. there's there's probably a few others that I'm I'm missing off the top of my head right now. Hold on. Let's just make sure we, you know, we don't we do that justice here. Yeah. Uh, damn. Yeah. Hill and Waddle probably. I think Hill one. and Waddle are, are probably the number one. Devontae Smith and A.J. Yeah, Brown are close. up there. Right. Yeah. That's another one. You know, Lockett and uh, Metcalf would be one that'd be up there at least. I'm just throwing ones that could maybe even be in that conversation. But your point's real, you know that it's 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 a damn good duo, that's for sure. All right, so what's the red flag about this uh, Bengals team? Well, okay, you know, all right, there's there's two things that kind of hit me. We'll one, start one, offensively, maybe. What's that? Yeah, they're they're kind of a little, little bit both play in the offense. Oh. One, you know, again. Pass pressure, sacks, right? And it's been better. It's been like the run game the last five, six, seven weeks, it's been better. But it's still rare that your team has been sacked way more than your team gets sacks, Mm. right? So that's one issue I look at. But more specifically, and anybody that's been listening to the podcast, you know what my concern is with them. It's still the creativity, the complexity of the offense, and that. I know it's going to look good against the middle class and the lower tier, but it's, we're, we're holding it to a Super Bowl standard here. And I listen, again, I think you can make a case the Bengals could, might be the best team in the AFC top to bottom, you know, But this does concern me, and it's just think about last week, he threw four touchdowns last week. Their offense didn't do shit in that game. And they, they, they were fortunate their defense bailed them out and made Brady and that offense uncomfortable. That, that's the biggest thing and you know there's just too many stale moments you know that yeah I'm a little concerned about I mean first off we can go into last year right I mean we can go Tennessee was not an offensive explosion in that game yeah they won the upset and they made a few big plays but I mean Ryan Tannehill gave them some gifts as well I mean the, the first half of the Chiefs game they were almost shut out right they were down 21 to 3 yeah you know the Super Bowl I got to remind everybody, the Super Bowl was one play in the second half. They made one play. That was it. They didn't do anything else the rest of the second half. And that could have been offensive well, pass interference. And that and it was maybe the most egregious offensive pass interference we saw the whole season. Exactly right. Thank you. Right. So that was their play. Throw it deep on a go-route, right? Right? Go-routes. Yeah. So that is what is concerning. And then, you know, again, we saw it last week, right, against the Bucks. It's the same kind of thing. Oh, pretty good D-line. Oh, they were a little healthier in the secondary. It's a good, like, pretty good creative scheme. They were on some of their bread-and-butter schemes that they run offensively, and all of a sudden it was like, oh, shit, what are they going to do? Oh, let let them jam another back shoulder into Jamar Chase. Oh, let them jam another slant route to Jamar Chase. So that is what definitely worries me, Ahmed. So both
3: those points – Completely valid, of course. And we have numbers to back you up on the sack Boom. differentials. Okay. Because we like to do that. You make a point. Yeah. People think you're crazy. Right. And Pete goes, no, we got numbers to back him up. So that's what we try to do here. Here are the numbers. Uh, Worst sack differentials this season in the NFL. So they have 22 sacks on defense. They have given up 40 sacks. So that's it's crazy. Minus 18. The other teams there with them, Bears, Rams, Broncos, Falcons. All those teams are bad. Yes. So it is, it, it, that is crazy. Right? It is crazy, the, right? The fact right? That, that Joe Burrow and company are what are they right now? Ten and four. And now despite that. Now
2: where I will say, and leave this graphic up there, Pete, if you can, you know, again, those teams are bad, but the Broncos, Bengals, and Rams defenses are not bad, right? They're good defenses. That's true. And the one reason I'll just say to where still the number one red flag is the offensive creativity in that. And where I think this one is, it's a little weird and concerning, especially when you're in the AFC and you're going to have to probably play Josh Allen and Mahomes again, right? But their defense, like the Rams and the Broncos, is very creative. So one, they do a good job of getting pressure on you at times, and two, they do a good job of like we've talked about in the Kansas City Chiefs game, every play was a different coverage. It was rush three, it was rush four, it was rush five, it was rush three, it was rush three, it was rush four. And it was like, oh, it's cover four, it's cover eight, it's cover six, it's Tampa two, it's cover three with a spy. It's I mean, so that's where they can get away with not having a top-tier pass rush. Can still clinch...
3: A playoff berth with a win at New England this week. They are three-point favorites in that game. Two questions in this game: Can the Patriots rebound from the lateral damage play? Yeah. That's number one. And number two is lateral damage the best name for that play? It might be. I mean, yeah,
2: I think it's it's pretty good. I mean, you did a you the did a poll Twitter was poll. pretty
3: good. Some of the comments underneath were phenomenal. So Vic Taffer, I think, uh, covers the Raiders. Has done that for a long time. Kind of came up with lateral damage. That yes. is winning or that one-year poll. Sixty-eight yes. percent of the vote. Uh, Myers' remorse was sixteen percent. Really good. That was a good one. Heaving Las Vegas also at sixteen <laughs> percent. That was a Pete's. Yeah. There was one in the comments
2: I really liked. I know what was it? Because uh, I don't know if I can remember off the top of my head. There were a couple that were really yeah. good. The one that I liked the most was pitch six. Pitch six. That was That's pretty, pretty good. good. That was pretty good. Because <laughs> I don't think we had.
3: Do we have any other pitch sixes? That plays think, are similar I, to that. No,
2: you're right. You're right. That might be an own a st- uh, new statistical category right there. Um, but. Um, so if they win that game, they clinch a playoff. Burst. It's going to be on that Patriots defense. And again, this is where that game would scare me just a little. Is that Bill and them are going to be able to, they're going to go, Oh, wait, wait, wait we got their offense down. We, we know when this guy goes that way, the other guy goes this way. Like that. that's what scares me a little, but I would have a hard time thinking the Patriots offense is going to move the ball consistently on that Bengals D.
0: BP added more than $70 billion to the U S economy in 2022. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills.
2: There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need.
0: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
1: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
3: Bengals are one game up on the Baltimore Ravens in the AFC North, but the Ravens there's a there's a way they can clinch a playoff berth this week. And so they've won enough games early on. Now they're kind of withstanding, treading water, waiting for Lamar Jackson to come back. I asked you Monday if we've heard anything. Have we heard
2: anything since No. So he didn't practice there. yesterday, so we just still don't know. I mean, I haven't heard anything that sounds like he's coming back yet this week, but we'll see. Maybe today will be probably a better, you know, we we'll get the official injury report today, right? So that, that hopefully we'll have a little gauge there. So let's start out with
3: the... Green flag yeah. for the Ravens, mm-hmm. the good news. Yeah. Lamar may come back at some point, that's we hope, right. soon. Right. Um, and also, you know, the defense has not been good for them this year. That, that's, right. been, that's been bad. Yep. Um, this year, their total uh, defense yards per play is 15th in the NFL, so it's yep. middle of the pack. Maybe it's better than you'd think it is. But last year, they were giving up six yards per play, which was dead last in the NFL. So they have improved in that category. Yep. And if you look at total yards per game, they are 10th in the NFL yeah. on defense, which speaks to a couple things. Maybe they're not quite as bad defensively as just give up a few big plays. And also, they do control the game pretty well, even though they haven't been able to run that well as a running game. They yeah. still were able to run with Lamar. And so time of right. possession, there's still right. a lot of ways. I mean, statistically, you look at this team, how they play or like, how are they a nine win team? Yeah, But like
2: you mentioned a lot. They play the game the right way They, they know figure what they out ways are. to win games. That's right. They know what they are. They, they play the game that week just to win that game. They don't care if, like, you know, oh, this is going to look pretty and sexy to the media and everyone's going to be happy because it was fun to watch. They just do what they got to do to win. The defense has been better. I mean, early on in the year, remember? I mean, we were talking about, oh, my gosh, like what they're getting gash and big plays and all that. You know, they've, they've definitely hunkered down. So that's, that's all positive. They're great against the run. That that's awesome. and and you know, I, I I like the scheme overall. I think the big thing for me with them, you know, and there's a little double edge here a little bit, is just that I, I you know, Marquee D. Lyman would be the thing I would worry about once again, where I don't know if they're gonna be able to get pressure on Burrow, Mahomes, or Allen with just the front four, and now you're gonna have to blitz and I don't know if there's a marquee man-to-man guy. Marcus Peters certainly looks better. Marlon Humphrey's the only guy that I think is marquee there, but you're going to have to match up with more guys than that if you're blitzing. So that's where I guess I get a little scared for them overall. I like their scheme. They do a lot of different stuff. Um, but, you know, I think we've seen some quarterbacks have their way with them. If they have a plan on how to pick up a few blitzes and not be overwhelmed by that, that, okay, our o line's kind of good, and when you just have to rush four – then we can pick you apart, and you know I think their offenses kind of have. I mean their their schedule and their losses have a little of that in common, you know, to a degree, and that, that's kind of what Jacksonville did to them. Cleveland last week was a little different. Uh, Buffalo did that to them a little bit, so we'll we'll see. But I think that's the thing I worry about more than anything. And of course, the question seems like every year with them. Yes,
3: even more so now without I know. Hollywood Brown. Yeah, because the debate was like, is ho- is he a, is he enough to carry that? That the passing game and he's a big enough weapon to be the guy well he 's not even there anymore no uh
2: who who is the guy and 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 are they going to need it uh, they, they got they gotta they need something you know, i we know Lamar back uh, to me, everything is always about the run game with them, as we 've said, you know Greg Roman he gets a lot of crap, but he's an awesome run game designer, and when the run game's chopped out from him through through injuries and all that, yeah, one. He's not the best when it's just like, oh, yeah, we got to throw it every play. But two, their team and talent is not the best to do that either. So, Mark Andrews is leading the team in receiving yards. Right. With 702. Right.
3: Second is DeMarcus Robinson, 419. Yeah. Then you got Devin Duvernay, Duvernay who's on IR him.
2: right now, uh, now. And Rashad Bateman behind him, who's on also on IR. Okay. That's so, a problem. that's that's scary, right? That's scary. That's where I keep pounding. I know I've done this for our last few podcasts, but. When they're a healthy O-line and those two running backs are healthy, it really makes their team different. And then if you can get Lamar healthy, that's where, you know, statistics for them are not going to look that pretty and look like a Super Bowl contending type of thing. But to what you said, playoff football, that style of football, you know, they do have a few guys that can make some plays in some big moments, whether it's Lamar or the running backs, you know, or even a Marlon Humphrey or the two safeties, at least to go, oh, they could do some – special things you know individually but I think those are real concerns you know the run game does have to work for that pass game to go especially with what they got right now at receiver and Lamar's got to be healthy and then the pass rush and the balance of risk reward blitz at Allen and Mahomes and Burrow and all that that's something they're going to have to get exactly right in the playoffs. Yeah, it
3: seems like for them to have any chance, it's going to have to be Lamar putting the team on his shoulders, which we've seen in the past in the regular season.
2: Yeah, you got to see in the playoffs. I haven't seen it in the playoffs yeah. yet. We'll see. We'll see. He he did beat the Titans that one year, right, in the wild card game and made some pretty miraculous plays. But you're not to the point of we're expecting MVP. Yeah. Lamar Jackson's a Super a Bowl caliber yeah. quarterback. Yeah, Yeah, it hasn't laid out that way quite yet.
3: Doesn't have the team around him like... Jalen Hurts has a team around him with the Philadelphia Eagles. They're thirteen and one. They've clinched a playoff berth. Chris was uh, praising that Eagles team, saying how good they were. But one of the best offensive lines, best defenses. You know, one of the, two of the best wide receivers, one of the best tight ends, a great backup quarterback, and the Eagles fans hate him for it. Your public enemy number one. Um, I don't really have a statistical green flag for the Eagles, just because it's all a it's all flag. fucking green. It's, like, <laughs> like the team has been awesome, and uh, however you want to slice and dice it, defensively, offensively, running the ball, passing the ball, they've been able to do it all. So I guess the question is about the red flags
2: and like what are the red flags? That's for the, the that's the question. It is what are they? That's where you have to like you know because there was so much made about oh the run defense right because there was the the Houston game. And then that Washington game that they lost. And you go back and you look at it, oh, Houston did some good things. And Houston, we know, can run the ball a little bit. And then we made a big deal about the Washington game and just, you know, kind of going through this exercise and going back and looking at things too and going, man, I mean, we made a big deal about Brian Robinson's 26 rushes for 86 yards. And we're like, oh, my gosh, somebody's actually getting three yards per carry. on the, that. I mean, that's how good they are. I think that's what it kind of speaks to. I don't – my only question about them on the defensive side of the ball – was for a little bit of and you heard this at the end of last year where they've been a little simple on the back end. They don't they're creative now. So I think that's led to them being a more dominant on that side of the ball. So defensively nothing. Offensively, there's really nothing about the physical part of the team or anything that's a weakness either. I have one thing that I'll bring back. You know, hey we know the drop back pass of a team can so like I you know I do I question that a little bit still maybe a little, but not that much. I've seen enough good decisions and good throws to go I think if a team really stops their run they're still going to be tough to beat with Jalen Hurts throwing the ball so that's not the thing here's my thing more than anything don't ignore the running back that to me is where they fall into the trap a little bit every now and then oh, he's throwing RPO here to AJ Brown and oh go route to Devontae and AJ Brown and oh quarterback design run and you know read option off the edge and blah 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 and they you know, well yeah I know okay but Okay, that's good, but your best thing you do is when you just smash it up people's fucking face in the run game. And that's one, one thing when games have gotten tight all year long, that's the first thing they do. Colts game, end of the game. Run it down their throat the whole drive down there. They can sometimes get a little too enamored with the rest of their toys, which I understand. It's a little bit like we talked about with Miami. Wait, Tyreek and Waddle have been open all game. Like, well, Why would we just hand the ball up the middle? That's boring. And... That'd be the only thing I would look at to go, don't forget that. Nick Sirianni last year at the Combine, we had a conversation on air, so I'm not sharing anything off air or anything like that, where he said the bright light for them last year went on in the Tampa regular season game where they were like, wait, we got to start living through the run a little bit more. They were trying to still play pass game and do all that. And the next week they went and played the Raiders, and that was the moment where the light bulb went on to go. Wait, we got to be a run-first football team, and then we can use Jalen Hurts and all the things he does off of that, and really be dangerous. And I think that's the one thing that I look at with them to go. Don't forget. Yeah, you know that, that's that's the that's the biggest thing. But there's not much weakness. So there. as
3: Pete notes in my ear, he said the uh, the biggest potential problem for the Eagles is themselves. We're a little is bit. Well,
2: like uh, even think like, choosing the wrong thing. The Washington game. The running backs got the ball twice in the first half. It's that's, that's a problem. And yeah, we're losing at the end of the first half. You know, there's just moments there where I go, you know, hey, that old line, nobody's been able to stand up to them yet. You know, Dallas game. Game got close, right? We got 23-17. What did they do? It might have even been 20-17. I think it was 23-17 at that point. What did they do? They went, we're going to run the ball every play. The hell with them. And they just went down the field, put the game away. And to me, that's where they just can't lose that aspect, yeah. you know.
3: Jalen Hurts was the MVP favorite just last week. Yeah. Uh, that has changed now to Patrick Mahomes because uh, Hurts got hurt. Hopefully he
2: comes. I, I think he's supposed to be healthy by the playoffs. Yeah, there's don't, a don't, chance. he's. I don't think he's holding himself out yet this week. Is I, that true? I, I mean, I think he's – they were claiming yesterday that there's still a chance. They're at
3: Dallas. Huge don't game, obviously. Uh, Four-and-a-half-point underdogs are the Eagles. I guess Vegas is thinking that uh, Hurts is not going to play. Um, but this is where you got into trouble with the Eagles fans. You said they wouldn't be that much worse with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. So Alex seven one nine two says: So if the Eagles lose their last three and choke away the number one seed in the division, will you vote for Hertz as MVP? I think he's assuming that Gardner plays all those games. Oh,
2: gotcha. That's I was when I was reading that. I was like, wait. So why would I vote for him if he choked yeah. away the last three games? But that's what, that's what we're saying there. You're right. All <laughs> right. So um, no, but I do think. It'll, like, it'll help show his worth. I, I don't deny that, Alex. I mean, I don't. And and again, you know, I'm don't, I don't. Your argument wasn't that they're better with Gardner No, Minshew, exactly right. That it that it won't be that much. Of a I, drop exactly. Off. I just they'd still be in the conversation of one of the better teams in football. That's that's all I'm saying. That's all I was trying to say. I get that. And that's again, it's not like it, people take this shit and they just go crazy with it. And I want to go, like, it's not a crazy thing. Like, you lost a quarterback, and you guys weren't that much worse when the guy took over and you went and won the Super Bowl just four <laughs> years ago. We've seen it before. We've seen it before. There's a lot. I mean, Joe Montana left the 49ers, and they went to the NFC Championship game four out of five years. Like, okay. Yeah, he had a fucking team around him. Joe was still awesome. He was still really good. Doesn't mean they were better with Steve Young. Well, I'm just, you know, again, I'm just trying to point out the team and this why I didn't think he was the MVP. Uh, that's all I was trying to say, Alex. And so I got great respect, and I was wrong about my quarterback rankings, and he should be higher, and he will be higher. That's what people say. Go, Chris never admits that he's wrong. It's like, well, you do every podcast, so I, they need to, they need to listen. Yeah, I he know. goes,
3: he's afraid to admit it. He doesn't want to admit it. He's like, well,
2: they got Those they are they people who don't listen one. because I know the people that <laughs> listen. I look at the comments, and they're always like, one of the things they're always positive about is our podcast is we're not like everybody else on TV, and we exactly. admit when we're wrong. Right. I see it all the time. we wear
3: red pants. Who else wears red pants? I, who does? On right, TV. Right. Nobody. Nobody. Uh, so you're going to pick the Eagles to beat the Cowboys, you think? Or cover?
2: Are they they're underdogs by I something guess. right and now? Four and a half points, right? Four and a half <laughs> as of right now. <laughs> I'm definitely, uh, I'm yeah. definitely gonna pick in the cover. Oh, you think if Hertz doesn't
3: play, that goes up? You so you to six maybe, Pete? Yeah, Pete's it thinking. went to
2: six and then went back down. I think oh, when he kind of said, "Oh, there's I still see. a chance," I think that was like, "Oh, shit, He might play." I just bet nine million dollars on them <laughs> losing. <laughs> You're right. Yeah.
3: All right, we'll see. You got to wait for the pick spot for that yeah. official official word there, but uh, yeah, should be a good one. So let's go to the Cowboys right now. Yeah, they're ten and four. Uh, they have clinched a playoff berth with their ten wins this year. Uh, it's been a it's been a good year for them. We talked about Dak Prescott. What was that? Just last week, right. and You're like, that's ah, good. Dak's better than how he's playing yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh, there's been some interceptions uh, on the year, and there were a couple more interceptions here in this game. So let's just start right there. You did take a little bit right. closer look at this tape. Yeah. Um, was Dak better? Or was he making some of the same mistakes you've seen in previous weeks? Dak was better.
2: You know, I, I think you got the gist of that from reading my notes, right? I mean, he, he played really well. Do I still think that's his top-end 100% potential? No. I, no, I still think he can be better just throwing the ball. And even like we talked about when we did our social videos and some of that last week, you know, some of the balls he threw this week, still on the money in the right spot. But you know me, I'm looking at it and really dissecting it and going, ooh, that's still kind of a wobbler that's not spinning. So I could still tell the ball wasn't coming out of his hand the right way. But he played phenomenal. There's no way you can blame Dak Prescott for them losing this game. Rider Life 88 says, right. Chris, you're my go-to. But study Dak's
3: first interception versus the Jags. Yes. His right arm was hit grab while right. he was throwing. Dak said he should have taken the sack with the guy in his back, but it was too late. It wasn't just a bad miss, like you said, on unbutton. Let no. him know,
2: Ahmed. I know he's he is right i just let him know well yeah no but but he he is right and rider rider life 88 i love it that's that's right bring it to me i should have explained this better i knew pete we were in the room sunday night doing the highlight package remember and i was going look the guy's right arm is on him i didn't do a good job of elaborating on that a little bit and my other point was just like you don't you're up you're up by 10. You don't need to be that aggressive. Don't even take the chance. That's what I was really trying to say. And even within the offense itself, they got to save himself from himself a little bit there. That's that's where I was trying to make. Totally not his fault. A hundred percent. I think where I misled it is just I was the overall, hey, people, just be ultra conservative in that point. That was my only issue there. Neither interception was his fault. Uh, Rider Life 88. Neither one. The, the second one, he threw the ball perfectly to lose the game. Threw it just where he wanted. It was short yardage. He put the ball to protect the guy. He went down and get it. He can't knock the ball in the air. He just got unlucky. Um, but he was he was really good. I got no issue with that at all.
3: Yeah, your note saying that uh, you know Dallas' offense was number one in the NFL last year, you think that they
2: might be better this I, I, year. I do. I think it's better. I think their traditional run game is better. Like, they are at the point where they can just line it up and say, screw you, you're expecting the run, we can we can run it, right? And then I think, you know, I actually think Kellen Moore and company and the offensive scheme and the creativity has gone up a notch from what I saw last year, too. Remember my complaint last year was if they can't run the ball, their pass game is not creative enough to stand alone. They need the play action some of that to help their offense out. I don't feel like that as much this year. I look at them in games where they are struggling to the run and go, ooh, no, the pass game's still got some good answers and he's getting some cool formations and motions to help everything out. So I really like that. Kid see Ghost has a comment
3: on Kellen Moore. He said, what did you think of Kellen Moore's play calling, specifically at the end? Why call those fancy run plays instead of running up the middle? Did well, you notice that? Well,
2: like, I, well I, I'm, I'm trying to remember here. Like, is he talking about in the overtime or the end of regulation? I guess that's what he's maybe talking about is the end of regulation uh, and, and and that's where I'm not quite sure where he's going with this. And I want to I'm, I'm literally looking right here because I saw the question. Um, and Chris I, is
3: one of the fastest like yeah. laptop users. I think that's an underrated quality that you have. Thank you. It's like you look up statistics
2: and uh, and film mid pod. Uh, I I don't know how you get it so fast. Well, I got it all ready to go and I know where I save it and I got my process. So, but like, I think he's talking about the end of the game situation, right? Where they're up 34, 31 and he wants to know, you know, why they didn't run it. All right. So here we go. First run, they pulled the backside guard and the backside tackle and they're trying to run up the middle, but it's a six man front and they're playing to sell out on the run. So, the guy on the defense end, he just follows the running back from the backside and goes. And they have a right guy for the read option, the backer filling over the top for Dak Prescott. So they were a little outnumbered in the scheme itself, and the DN did a great job. All right, I again would be always one to go. I'd like to see you run the ball, get underneath the center, and do it that way. Right, that's the first thing I would say. Now, second down, because everybody's so jammed into the line of scrimmage, they run the old like Pollard's out there to the left, and they toss it to him on like a speed sweep reverse kind of thing. But there's all the people in the middle. I understand the thought here. I'm not mad at that. Right. I'm doing this in real time as I'm sitting here watching this. And then third down, they threw the ball and he took a shot deep down the left sideline. And, you know, he tried to give C.D. Lamb a chance. So I have no problem with that, with the question there. I don't. I think there was merit to it. And my only thing I would say is just get underneath the center on that first down run and, and do it that way. So my green flag, that yeah. was pretty cool, too. That was like Thank mid-pod you. instant analysis. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Well, maybe we should do that
3: more times. I can do that. Throw something at you and you just start pulling up film. As as long as I got it downloaded on the computer, I can do it in a hurry. My green flag for them, the statistical green flag, it it does concern their offense here. Uh, Their offense in the red zone this year. They have scored a touchdown 72% of the time. That is second best in the NFL. Uh, Just behind Philadelphia, who's just a percentage point ahead at 73%. So they get it down there, and that run game, Zeke has punched
2: it in. Pollard got the speed on the corners. That's right. And they got guys that can win on -on one-on-one matchups, and they got a quarterback that can go, like we were talking about with Josh Allen, who's got a strong enough arm to go, oh, yeah, he's covered, but I'm going to throw a laser at his ear hole, and we'll still catch it. So I think that's that's the the, the correlation I would make there, uh, Ahmed. You're right. And then the run game is the biggest key there because then it even gets the play action passes going even in the red zone, even when there's not a ton of room that the, the defenders have to worry about behind them. So I guess the red flag conversation uh, is
3: around the defense it maybe, is. which is crazy I know, right? because yes. we started the year being like, man, that might be the number one defense in football, which yeah. is crazy from where they came from. And yeah. by the way, I was listening to parts of the podcast back on Monday and I, I described uh, the week is crazy, every game is crazy, and so I think I, I'm over on my use of the word crazy. Um, and I've done it again. But <laughs> Self-scouting himself. Self-scouting like myself. Right. Um, but, uh, but the Cowboys, yeah, what's going on with the defense? Now, not all the points were because of the defense right. in this one. You know, no. you have a pick yeah. six in overtime. Right.
2: Um, but, yeah, are there red flags on yes. defense
3: for the Cowboys? Yes,
2: there is. There, there definitely is. And they're still a great unit. I mean, not a, I don't want to say great. They're really good. They are. I do think teams have, you know, one, have a little feel for how they play. You know, they realize early on, hey, let's be conservative. They just try to create chaos. Let's not, let's not turn the ball over early and get them going. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's just like a free fall of Dallas making plays a little. But I think, like, the, there's two things that jump out to me more than, than anything. It's just that, you know, the D-line being small is still an issue. There's that's de- definitely an issue. I mean, they do not they didn't have enough big people last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars have a bigger offensive line. They got pushed around. You know, we've had the conversation. Other than Bohana, 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 they really don't have a 300 another 300 pounder on their team. Yeah, he's 340 and he's young and I don't think he's a great run stopper at this point. Um, but that is an issue and I think that coupled along with they're an aggressive defense that likes to put people at the line of scrimmage, and they like to dabble and play some man-to-man and get in your face. And they got two you know, rookie corners that they have to rely on right now, too. I think those are the two things that scare me a little bit. And, again, they're going to get away with – they're going to be fine against most deep, most offenses in football. It's, the, it's Again, we're holding them to a Super Bowl standard. It's the elite offenses. It's the offenses that I worry that have a little bit of a balance that can beat you both ways. That has seemed to give them issues, and and especially in that rum game department like we're talking about. Yeah, as the game goes on, you think teams that have the size advantage have a little bit they of wear, an advantage. They can wear them out. They okay. definitely can. You could see that happening to Dallas a little bit where, yeah, again, they've gotten used to their speed. The game is fourth quarter. The guys aren't as fast because they're tired and played 65, 70 snaps, and – that is where I would worry about them against the Philadelphia or the 49ers a little bit in the NFC playoffs because their size of those offensive lines and their, their ability to run the ball could, could wear them out a little. A couple of players you name check in your uh, game film study is yeah. DeMarcus Lawrence on the line. It's just, you know, he doesn't pop enough for me. For a guy that's being paid that kind of money, it just, it's, it's been a good player for a while. But, you know, for what they're paying him and what I've seen him capable of doing in years past, yeah, he's not doing that. There's, there's been a lot of games this year where I go, damn, I forgot DeMarcus Lawrence was even playing. And that's, that's not a good thing. But on the other side of it, a couple rookies, Deron Bland, Nickelback. Yeah. Woo! he's got, He's a stud, you know. Again, he's young made a mistake or two but the talent's real rookie from fresno state it's yep. real fifth rounder you know but he, it's just it's a you know it's a lot of pressure on them like i was saying because they get in your face and want to play bump a lot i was looking at his stats he yeah. did not have a start through
3: week eight but now has started five of the last six games yes so, sir i'm mean, leaning on
2: him more they are they're definitely leaning on him
3: and how about their uh rookie second rounder sam williams out yeah. of old miss yeah sam pops he
2: you know again he doesn't play as much doesn't but. play as much but when he gets in there i always go wait Fucking 54, Uh right? Oh, fucking Sam Williams again. I mean, he just he, – he shows up. He disrupts a little bit, you know, and that's where I was like, even with the Demarcus Lawrence, it just – there's not enough of those plays. I don't care – you know me. I don't care about the sacks and the tackles. I want to see disruption. That's the number one thing for a defensive lineman, and that's where I feel like they're lacking. The Damone Clark, the rookie out of LSU, the linebacker, right? He looked kind of – he looks good. I think you're not have to rely on him a little bit if Van Der Esch is hurt. Um but, yeah, that's, that's the concern with Dallas a little. is lack of size, having to rely on creativity and chaos to get it done, and then having to play aggressive in the back end because of that. And now you've got rookie corners where, yeah, teams are going to test them oh, when we run a pick play, are they going to know how to pass this off or go over the top or go underneath or what? You know what I mean? Those are the things they're going to have to deal with, and they got a big completion late in the game on him with a little bit of a pick play up Mm -hmm. the left sideline because he wasn't sure to go over or under, and he went under, and then that was it, you know? And then the guy's got the advantage, and he was up the sideline, Christian Kirk, actually.
3: So we're just focusing on playoff teams here, Uh, but who knows? The Jaguars could be a playoff team. They're not out of it yet. They're not. Division is not very good. Maybe they're going to catch the Tennessee Titans. So a quick look at uh, Trevor Lawrence once again. He was pressured on 44% of his dropbacks. That was the second highest in the NFL last week. Two, Zach Wilson's 48% of his dropbacks. Pressured almost half of the time by the Detroit Lions. My Detroit Lions. Well done, guys. (laughs) A couple plays that we have the all-22 for that you wanted to highlight here. Yeah. Uh, Zay Jones won the 59-yard touchdown. Uh, got by uh, Kelvin Joseph on on this one.
2: Yeah, it, well, one I think the the big thing is is just like here. There's two things to talk about. One, I think it just shows you how Jacksonville can be explosive. And when he's playing like this, I mean, his his arm is you know electric. He's got a laser. He's athletic, and you know he's getting more confident. Everything there to where they're starting to be like they can strike like and and so the, you got to always be scared of that. And here, with this instance here, a guy who I really like in Calvin Joseph, and I think he's got talent, a second-year guy at Kentucky, is 27-10. to 10. Let them throw the 10-yard out route. Who gives a shit? The number one thing about this moment right here is time on the clock, not the 10-yard completion. That's where I feel like coaches got to say that to their players every now and then. The yards don't matter, guys. We want the clock to keep ticking. That's the most important thing. And this was the jump-off spot for the comeback. You know, again, this is why I think we're seeing more comebacks than ever before and 17-point leads are a race like this because, like, there's no – sometimes it's just we're going to be aggressive on de- – it's like it's gotten into the analytics of offense or it's aggressive, aggressive. It's the defense is the same thing now too. Let's just be aggressive. No one's going to get mad at us if we blitz and give it but we were trying to be aggressive, and then no one answers a, a question. And I, or ask, ask a follow-up question and go, well, yeah, but that's stupid. He's got a big right arm, and that guy's one-on-one on an island with him. Well, so why aggressive? But, yeah, to this point, defense is risky a little bit, but more on Calvin Joseph just play deep and let him throw the ball underneath. Gets beat on the double move, and then Lawrence throws a laser on the run, touchdown. And one
3: more guy that popped for you was Evan Ingram, of course, two weeks ago, had what? that huge game. Eliminated my fantasy football team from the postseason. Good. Fuck your team. I was team, like, oh man, man. it would suck to be playing against Evan Ingram, and I was like, oh, I am. That that's terrible. Um, Drag J. Ron Curse out of bounds
2: late in this game. Crucial play. Cru- man, game's probably over. I mean, first off, look at where he's being tackled on the top of the screen, Ahmed, because this is probably <laughs> the first time you're seeing this too, right? Inside the numbers, he's like three yards inside the numbers, right? He caught the ball three yards inside the numbers and then dragged J. Ron Curse 12, 14 yards to the sideline? At least. I mean, at least. Exactly. So that was like a huge moment in the football game. The guy, again, he's the perfect example of sometimes a change of scenery and the fan base having a perception and it just taking over because he dropped some balls in some big moments, which he did. I get that and it just nothing there couldn't never seem to be a positive spin for the poor guy. He's gone here, you know, and he's found a second life and he's he's one of the more talented pass catching tight ends in football. That guy Oliver asks you something that you you've kind of
3: touched on already but maybe there's something more to add here. Is Doug Peterson a Seattle scheme beater or has the Cowboys defense taken a step back?
2: No, I think it's uh well Doug and them they're, they are they're not afraid to be aggressive and take some chances and some shots. Um, And, you know, I can't sit here and tell you Dan Quinn is a Seattle scheme guy as much anymore. There's still some of it, but no, I think it's more of the matchup itself. And yes, Dallas, like we've talked about, size, playing aggressive man-to-man all the time because they're maybe worried about that run defense and all that. that. That's their problem. Um, but they're still a really damn good defense, and they're still dangerous as hell too. They still can make plays, and they caused some turnovers in this one. You know, they just they lit up too many plays and got unfortunate and turned the ball over twice. So uh, you know that that hurt them. All right, so the Cowboys have
3: ten wins. The Vikings have eleven wins. Although sometimes, if you were to listen to uh, their fan base, you'd think they'd have like five or six or something like that. <laughs> Although they 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 have been. Uh, voicing the support of the Vikings, and I don't, I don't know that they're getting as much credit as they deserve. A lot of their games have been close, one-score games, and they've won basically all of those games. 11-3, and they have clinched the NFC North. I don't have necessarily a statistical green flag, but I think one of the green flags for them, or the positive signs, especially last week, is seeing the big playability come back for Delvin Cook. It's Because you already know you have it with uh, Justin Jefferson. You don't have it as much anymore, I think, with... Uh, Adam Thielen, right. Osborne has made some of those big plays in the passing game, though, and Kirk Cousins for sure has been able to lead his team back. But I think for them, seeing Dalvin Cook still being able to turn on the Jets and separate from from defenses, and the Colts are pretty good defense, yes, um, with some speed on it, yes. I think that maybe is one of the more promising things for the Vikings over the last uh, couple of weeks. Agreed.
2: You know, he's he's still dangerous. Their their problem as far as Dalvin Cook conversation to what you're bringing up is just can they open enough holes for them in the running game. They're not a very good running football team. You know, they're more of a, you know, their, their runs, and I, I think we've hit on this a little bit, is that their runs are more of, wait, they've been getting gashed by Justin Jefferson and gashed by Justin Jefferson. And so now you're so worried about the pass that they change it up and run the ball and they kill you that way. But, like, yeah, they're 28th in football, rushing the ball. That, that I think, you know, kind of says it all. They're 26th in yard per rush so there's they're not that way and the other thing that would scare me too is a little bit of like what you're talking about is they're just a little too Justin Jefferson centric that would scare me you know again I don't think you're going to get away with that against the good defenses in football and we've kind of already seen that what happened the Cowboys game the Eagles game they took Jefferson out of the game a little bit and it was like so what's your other answer and that's that scares me a little bit about their football team. It, it again, I give them a lot of respect, but I'm still sit here and I'm amazed that they're eleven and three. I I really am. I'm amazed by it. I, I can't recall a team having this good of a record where I've gone. Man, I'm just not in all of them, and I'm a little bit underwhelmed at times. But you know, credit to them for getting it done. It's like buying something at the store, right? It's like it
3: it's you really like it. But it's not worth a thousand dollars to me. Like if it was five hundred dollars, I'd be like, "That's really good." So if the Vikings' record right now was you know eleven three seven and seven, you'd be like, "Man,
2: that's a pretty good seven and seven team." Uh, you're right. right? The, you're exactly right. They can you know? do. They can do some. They're dangerous. Right. I, I think you're right. I mean, to, to a degree, you're right. I and mean, even if they were you know you know not even if they were nine and five, yeah. I'd still go. You know, hey, yeah, there's some problems with their team, but. Man, they could be scary in the playoffs because, like Ahmed was just saying, one screen pass to Dalvin Cook or two or three plays to Justin Jefferson, and it's like, oh crap, we're, we're losing by two touchdowns. Uh, I hear you. Um, but yeah, I don't look at them as the elite team on that side right. of the ball. And then, especially when you get into the defense, too. You know, the defense, that would be probably the biggest. Yeah. You know, so, red so it's flag. good to
3: be able to come back in games.
2: Yes. Uh, come back from 33 points
3: down. It's not as ideal to get down 33 points to the Indianapolis Colts with an aging old Matt Ryan. I mean, he's aging two years every week, I feel like, Well, at this yeah, point.
2: he is, And they benched him for Nick Foles just to give everybody some current news that's going on right now. So that kind of tells you, too. Yeah, when you're playing Matt Ryan, you don't have to play 20 yards coverage downfield. You just know the ball's going anywhere between 12 yards and under, and that's hard to, to beat defenses that way. And, and really, I mean, again, we talked about it on Monday. They didn't really beat the Vikings defense. It's just Vikings kept screwing things up. And it was like Matt Ryan was like, sure, we'll take the ball on the 18-yard line going in. Yeah. You know, So there was a lot of that. But, I mean, red flag? Of course. It's the 32nd-ranked defense in football. Have we ever said that in about an 11-3 football team? <laughs> it's crazy. Right? It's crazy. It's insane. You know? So I don't see great talent. The two pass rushers are okay, you know, but I'm still not like, oh wow, Darius and Daniel Hunter, watch out. The secondary is nothing special. And then I think when you add on top of that, they're too conservative on defense. It's just too easy. Like we've said, it's just the disguises aren't great, you know, the coverages are are too bland and it's like teams literally play them and go, wait, they're playing pass coverage, but we don't even care because they're not good at it and we're gonna keep passing it. And that's what's crazy. You watch games and you go, they're literally begging teams to run the ball, and teams are like, nah, we'll throw it. You still won't stop it. It doesn't matter. And it's not like they're like special and run defense either. So uh, that is the red flag, and they are an enigma of the 2022 season. Having said that about their defense, though, can the
3: New York Giants – Score some points against them. So this week, the Vikings are four-point favorites over the Giants. I feel like this game could go one of two ways. I feel like it could be either a close
2: Giants victory or a Vikings blowout. I'm with you. That's funny you're saying that. I mean, we didn't even talk about we this before. Not. But I, I I hear you, you know, because you go, you go to the Vikings. Well, they might be able to run on this team. Yeah. And then the Giants like to play man-to-man. And we know who the fuck can't be covered man-to-man. And that's number 18, Jefferson. So all that sets up to, like, ooh, this could be a week if of this offense goes off a little bit, right? And I don't know, but, you know, will the Giants have a game plan? And then, we, you know, like you're saying, Vikings defense is not good. This is where they running the ball, you know, Daniel Jones' design run, keeping it off the edge, bootleg for five yards into the flat of the crosser. Like, it might work against this defense consistently. You know, so I, I hear you. It's an interesting matchup. It really is. The only way I could be wrong there is if the Vikings win a close one. Yes. So I hope that doesn't happen at right.
3: this point now. Right. Or I guess the Giants, yeah, P goes, or the Giants blow them out. Yeah. Which, which I guess, who knows? You never know. crazy year. You know what? It has been crazy, <laughs> as I like to say.
0: <laughs> Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
1: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic.
3: Uh, is the 49ers. They have clinched the NFC West. They did it on Thursday night on Amazon with Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet. Uh They are 10-4 and 4 right now. I think I do have a statistical green flag on them. Oh, I do. Um, I, I think I have a couple here. Um, so their offense... Time of possession, average time of possession, is 32 minutes, 11 seconds. That is the second best in the NFL. Mm. So they, they hold the ball very well, which is great for their defense, which is already so good. Right. Less time on the field. Right. It's like you often talk about teams fitting everything together, and one thing helps the other and helps the other. I think the 49ers are a good example of no that. No question. They also have the seventh best uh, interception rate on offense, so they, they, they don't throw the ball away. To the other team. And they also don't give up a whole lot of sacks. Seventh best in sack rate in the NFL. So it's like they limit the negative plays on offense. They hold the ball. And then their defense is on the field less time. I feel like that all works together. It makes right. the San Francisco
2: 49ers super dangerous. Right. Super dangerous. Super ready for a playoff football team that way. Like there's no, like, you know, a little bit like the Eagles. I sit here with the 49ers and go, there's no, like, glaring weakness, right? It's, it's not like, oh, I look at this and go, man, this is a real concern. Uh, uh and you you explained it right and and really uh, what I want to say is their running games only getting better that's yeah. what's scary is we're seeing them like hey we're not even going to be fancy shanahanny here we're just going to run it up the middle and gash you so that's where they are scary to your point i think there's two things that pop to me all right first off offensively and this is again we just kind of had this conversation a few minutes ago red zone percentage red zone touchdowns goal to go percentages yep right Again, if field's condensed, he can cheat the safety into where right? He's playing pass defense, but he can be downhill and stop the run game in a hurry, right? All right, Their drop-back pass game is not one that just necessarily lights the world on fire, nor do they have the quarterback who throws laser back shoulders, even when, you know, like we were talking about with Dak Prescott or Josh Allen, who, hey, they're, they're covered. It doesn't matter. Oh, it didn't matter. It was a great throw. They don't have that. Not saying Brock Purdy can't be that, but that's something that, that's not part of them. So that's one thing that I would say. You know, again, you're gonna be playing good defenses late in the playoffs Super Bowl. They're gonna be good in goal to go percentage and red zone defense usually. Right. Right. So that's that's something. And then one other thing I'll say on defense is just that they need somebody else to emerge in the pass rush department. It's 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 too Nick Bosa centric. Somebody else on the D line. You know, Armstead I don't think is a hundred percent yet. He's playing, but not a hundred percent. They need some other guys to start winning. One-on-one matchups, you know they're creative and they help other guys out with you know a linebacker standing between the t- defensive tackle and the defensive end and then it messes up. But again, if they're playing, they can't do all this stuff. If they're going to be playing Jalen Hurts and the Eagles in the NFC Championship game or the Cowboys or Josh Allen and Mahomes in the Super Bowl, they need Kinlaw to get back. They need Armstead to start playing to his capabilities. You know, Ecubon's good on the edge, and they got other guys that are good, but boss is the guy that usually makes the play but when he's playing orlando brown and the chiefs in the super bowl you he that might not happen that's an awesome left tackle right that's what i'm trying to say so somebody else has got to start winning the matchups it's it's nitpicky but we're talking about a team that you know before the season we said them and the eagles had probably the two of the three best rosters in football so there's not a lot of issues there with their football team. Little did we know that that good roster
3: went all the way down to the third-string quarterback. Brock <laughs> right. Purdy, who we was, forgot
2: that. We didn't evaluate that part. Who was
3: good again playing with what? He doesn't have broken rib. What does he have? He He's has, got the oblique strain. Oblique strain. Right. right. And I think he is. Same he area. looked good. He's doing a good job, man. He really is. Uh, they played Seattle in this one, who is outside the playoff picture right now at 7-7, seven and seven, I believe. Um, I did look up a uh, couple stats on them. Cool. Cool. So this year, they are eighth in the NFL in passing yards per play. Eighth in the NFL with Geno Smith as their quarterback. What do you think they were last year?
2: passing yards per play which i like to use too because it's like it's just per play it's not like if you throw the ball a time yeah i know exactly right i'm all right so last year so the eighth i'm gonna say last year they were probably gosh and then yeah so russell got hurt i'm gonna say 24th they were better than that
3: but they were 13th they were mid-pack last year so but that's still surprising to me people i don't think a lot of people would think that you're right russ was hurt last year so they took a step back but they were 13th but you know, Russ wasn't hurt a whole lot um, before then. No. And in 2020, they were 15th. In 2019, they were 9th. In 2018, they were 11th. In 2017, they were 14th. You got to go all the way, way back to 2016 when they were 7th in the NFL in passing yards per play to have a better year for that Seattle offense led
2: by Russell Wilson than what Gino's done this year. Geno I, I mean, I, should be – I think they'd be crazy not to bring him back as a starting quarterback. I mean – it's, it's not the system. It's, he's making unbelievable plays and throws. And as I said to Pete getting ready for the podcast, like watching that game back a little uh, the last few days, just like, I mean, he was under pressure like every play. I mean, it just, it just nothing was easy at all. And he hung in there and at least kept them in some manageable situations. And, and, of course, their defense couldn't get them all, you know, the 49ers off the field in some big moments and gave some big plays. But, yes, it is big throws, aggressive decisions, and him throwing unbelievable balls all over the football field. It's been a lot of fun to watch. Good for Geno Smith. I don't know if they're
3: going to make the playoffs. I don't but know it'd either. It would be pretty cool if they did. And yeah. if you're a homie and if you picked him to make the playoffs, yeah. I would almost already give you the win there because it's like, that's pretty cool. You're going out on a limb. No one thought that. And of course, Pete has been tracking all the entries by the homies. Eight hundred and sixteen of them. Their playoff predictions before the year. Uh, you tweeted out the link once again to the spreadsheet. So if you did submit your entry and filled out your name, which I think everyone did, you can go find what you what you picked and how you stack up. Pete's compiled some of the uh, more interesting numbers. The I love Chiefs, it. by the way. Yeah. So let's start with the Chiefs. Sixty-six percent of the homies had the Chiefs winning the AFC West championship, including you. And you're right. Well done right there. We should have just all done that. You're right. I mean, I thinking? don't know
2: if I'm right yet. We'll see. <laughs>
3: oh, why? Wait, is it, uh, is it possible? No, wait, they did. They won oh, the division. AFC I don't know why. I was thinking yeah.
2: AFC championship. I don't know what I was thinking AFC West. No, yeah, you're right sorry. on that. I am right. You're right. Uh, I yeah.
3: had the Chargers winning uh, winning the, uh, the West this year. They're it's also okay. my Super Bowl team. Um, four people had uh, the Chiefs missing the playoffs. Man, okay, we got to drug test
2: those four. Those four <laughs> oh, 4%. Oh, those 36, 36 people. people. Wow, more drug tests uh, need to yep, be sent out. Yep. Thanks, Quest please. Diagnostics will be at your house tomorrow because we have to drug test. You'll yet. get a test. <laughs> you need to show up within uh, three hours. And if hours. you said it was just because they lost Tyree Kill, we're going to be back to test you again next week. <laughs> uh,
3: congratulations to 20% of you out there who had the Vikings as the NFC North Way champ. Way to go. Only 20%. That's pretty good, I think.
2: That's pretty high. Actually, for I wouldn't have done I mean, obviously, I didn't do that. 42% had him as a wild card team, including me. So, Way I to did go. That. Alvin? Thank you. Thank Way you. to go. How dare you do that to your Lions? Jeez.
3: 38% had him uh, missing the playoffs, including you, Kyle. Yes, you I know, did. You know, not many people picked the Lions to make the playoffs, but Pete, did you pick the Lions to make the playoffs? Did I read that correctly? He did.
2: Whoa. I didn't do that. That's amazing.
3: Way I didn't to want go, to go, Pete. Heartbroken twice there. Uh, 49ers, 35% had him winning the NFC West. Title, which they have done, including you, Chris. You, you had him beating the Super Bowl champs, the defending Super Bowl champs in the Rams. Fifty two percent had him as a wild card team. We got thirteen percent, including myself, had him missing the playoffs entirely.
2: That's okay. you were not sure. about the quarterback that's what i wasn't the quarterback sure bit was like,
3: thing a a real big thing for you before the a It year. was I was like, Is you you gonna was bit of a little bit the a little bit of a little a possibility. Yes, a little bit of a little of the end of the year uh cowboys forty six percent had them in the playoffs wow only
2: only forty six percent of people had the Cowboys in the playoffs yeah I mean I didn't i'm i mean i'm not you i mean did. i I did yeah, but I'm not gonna lie. They were one of those teams where I was like uh, oh, you know I'm not sure if they can make the playoffs this year you know i I the Randy Gregory losing him you know I just i you know I worried about a little bit mari Cooper. You know, him being gone, I just, I wasn't quite sure where it was going to go. I had some questions about the offense, so, uh, you know, I I definitely flip-flopped a little myself on that one. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I was the oracle all the way through. You're not alone.
3: Half the people did not have the Cowboys in the playoffs. However, we were all wrong, basically, on the Rams, the defending Super Bowl champions. Ninety-eight percent of all of us. Had the Rams in the playoffs? Only nineteen smart people wow. picked the Rams to miss. That's amazing. Way to post-season. go! Season, sixty-two percent of us, including myself, had them winning the division. Forty-four percent of us had them making the NFC Championship game. Twenty <laughs> percent of us had them in the Super Bowl. Wow! And three percent had them winning it all.
2: Damn! So. I just had them as a wild card team. I know that I had them making the playoffs. So again, hey, listen, I I just definitely did not see. That that type of fall off.
3: Pete notes that we will post all of these great via your Twitter, uh, the latest uh, stats, and so you can check out Chris's Twitter for that. But since the Rams have been eliminated now, thanks yeah. to their Monday night oh, loss no. in You're Green Bay, to bed the it's time to Super Bowl champs. It's time to put them to bed. I did not, yeah. I did not think we'd have to do this. Gosh, but you didn't do in it in December. They did it to themselves. They did it to themselves. You're right. Here lie the Los Angeles Rams, a Super Bowl hangover they did encounter. This year, Matthew Stafford did flounder. He gave you a title which is truly quite vital. Now hand us your precious first rounder. Yes! <laughs> we got it! Oh,
2: that's a bias to wreck in there. Was He's it. that. I mean, that really did work out.
3: Maybe best case scenario for the Lions because we, a lot of us did want to see Matthew Stafford have success. Sure. And he goes over there and wins a Super Bowl. Right. Awesome. Uh, we used that worst first-round pick that we could possibly have last year to trade up and get Jamison Williams. It, it worked out. It worked out great. Uh, and then
2: this year we're probably going to have a top-five pick, maybe top three. Who knows? It's amazing. I mean, it really is. It's crazy that, you know, you guys, as good as you are, you know, the Eagles. I mean, I think the Eagles are going to have a top-ten pick right now too. Right? Uh, yeah, Seattle. I mean, yeah. Seattle too. Holy crap. So right. it, it is. That's, it's, that's why the NFL is awesome. It really is. Uh, I'm glad we got to play some music right there. That was a good job. And we get to
3: end the pod with more music because uh, we have to give out two big-time awards. That's right, baby. Woo. It is we that lie. time. Big butts, and we cannot lie. The big butt of the week. Oh. Uh, okay. Time to give some love to these Woo. big guys. Some
2: touches. There's a couple sacks, a <laughs> fumble, <laughs> he's a butting superstar. Give it to him, Ahmed. One butt cheap. And this is why you're the big butt expert of the world right now.
3: <laughs> so I, I can't believe this first one. Our Have def- you
2: told your wife that you're a big butt expert? No, I, no. I, oh, I haven't so you told her that. You're lying to your wife. Hiding, hide <laughs> your deep, dark secrets. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not lying. I'm just not uh, revealing, not revealing right. everything about right. myself. Yes.
3: Um, <laughs> defensive tackle big butt of the week. Uh, interior defensive lineman. You know, you could make the argument that he sometimes is an edge guy, but we're going to give it to him on the interior here. J.J. Watt yeah. for the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. First time we've given him the award. Good. How has it taken this long? He had three sacks, had a forced fumble, had a pass defense, three tackles for a loss. I think it was all at halftime versus Denver. Was it
2: all in the first half? I think
3: I I I, I, do. Yeah. I, think I mean, I remember seeing sure. them on
2: the screen a lot during the <laughs> game. I yeah. do.
3: And uh, he was one of them, and he posted on social media afterwards that he was drug-tested after the game on it, Monday.
2: It'd it, it be like that in the NFL <laughs> like, a whoa, lot.
3: A little too good out you there. You play
2: a good game, and they oh, it's random. It's random. Oh, yeah? It was random that, you know, the day after I ran 4-2 up the sidelines or ran away from everybody in football, I'm getting drug-tested? <laughs> all the time. Yeah. It happens all the time.
3: Good to see J.J. Watt, though, still able to do that. in the. I mean, one of the like coolest players in the NFL, Definitely. I think, in, that I've – you know, it's just like he's J.J. Watt. He's
2: J.J. Hey, Watt is right. He's one of the greatest defenders ever. He's a automatic first ballot Hall of Famer. He is, for me, in the in the room of Hall of Famers of the Hall of Famers. I and mean, again, I mean, what did he win? Three NFL, NFL defensive MVPs? Did he win that many? What? Yeah. I mean, he was unstoppable force for a five, six, seven year part of his career there. Uh, you know, had to deal with some injuries. But, yeah, I mean, he's phenomenal and still really damn good. Like, not a superstar anymore, but still really damn good. And he's still, every game you watch, you go, oh, there's J.J. Watt sneaking through the line. Oh, there's J.J. Watt batting the ball down. He might not be the sack machine he once was, but he's still disruptive as hell. First ballot Hall of Famer,
3: which maybe we'll be saying about this next guy, I too, hope one so. day. I hope so. Our edge big butt of the week goes to Kayvon Thibodeau. Your New York Giants had the grand slam in the game, the sack, the forced fumble, fumble recovery, and touchdown all in the same play. He really was in the backfield a lot of the game. A ton. Disrupting the running game, the passing game as well. Uh, And I looked at all the rookies out there. He's top three in quarterback hits, pressures, and hurries. So he's kind of racking up some of those stats as the year year goes on here. And he was a guest on the Peacock Show. Afterwards, we talked about this a little bit on Monday, but we didn't get to hear from, yeah. from Kayvon we or, or got Rod and, and Jack out there. So right. this is what the discussion was uh, with you after uh, their Giants' big win with Kayvon Thibodeau on set.
0: Chris, Kayvon said you talk a lot of trash, too, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I hey, bet We going to play today. Hey, you don't want to
2: mess with Where him. Way to go, Come on, Kayvon. Way to go. I hope prove me wrong, Kayvon. You the man. <laughs> yes, hey. sir. He still called you sir. It was that very was nice. Of of him. Very nice of him. I, 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 what did he say? I don't. You don't want to mess with me. Is that what Something, he said at first? I think, yeah. yeah. Uh, listen. Uh, yeah, I know he's going to beat me up here in the tri-state area. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, it, like I told you, I, I had a feeling it might go that way. Yeah. I really did. I was very ready for it. And the other thing that crossed my mind is I wanted to. G- I was very close to going. Hey, Kayvon, did you see the pregame show? Uh um um Rodney Harrison said that you you watch the film and you don't get after the quarterback all that well. <laughs> I wanted yeah. to call out Rodney too as he was influencing that conversation. Sure. I think uh, Rodney would have probably been okay with that too. He would have he would have, but I was flustered in the moment and I wanted to make sure that again, as I always say, I'm rooting for these guys. Yeah. I'm rooting for him. I'm a Giants fan. You know, I I'm not going to just sit here and tell you he's been bad just so I can justify me being right with a draft ranking. He, you know, like, it's, that was an awesome performance. Deserved it. I don't, I don't, I mean, he might have been, he was Defender of the Week, right? I and mean, he won NFC Defensive Player of the Week, he did. I think. Right. I mean, he was, I don't think anybody had a first half like that, uh, you know, from the past week that I saw. He was yeah. dominant. I was with you on draft day where
3: you were freaking out about oh, Kayvon Thibodeau and that pick, and you're just beside yourself. If you would have known then, what you know now, that he's a big butt award winner yeah. in Week 15. Yeah, it I would have been like,
2: Jaguars? You oh. should have taken them a number one.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations, <laughs> J.J. Watt and Kayvon Thibodeau. There You're in the graphic. You've got the Elephant Butt Trophy Award. Woo, 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 Put woo. it on your mantle. Uh, you have Second this giant of the year to
2: make it, too. Look at that. That's true. Sexy Dexy made it.
3: Yeah, on Thibodeau. Sexy Dexy's the only player, either defensive tackle or edge, who's won that award two Double times. time. Well, he's got a big enough of butt.
2: You know, he's got to get – he's, he's worthy of the elephant. One I, for each cheek. I right. could have given it to Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa was also in consideration. He, yeah,
3: but I, for sure. I wanted to do
2: Cave. What were so his total could... pressures? Did you ever see that for the mm, last I week, did, Nick I did Bosa? Not. I know he only had the one sack, but it seemed like he was around Geno a lot. Like six or something yeah, like right. that. Yeah. So that's it. All right. We, well did, it. we, we did, did it. We did it. Way to go. That was good shit right there, I think, at least. I mean, we hit on a lot of good things. I we hope everybody biased. agrees. We may be biased. We may but, be yeah. biased. Yeah. We try not to be. Pete we said just it was good. to give you some. Pete confirms it Pete. Good. Oh Well, maybe, because he's not biased. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, again, you know the deal. I love the questions. I love the pushback. Please subscribe, rate, review. Chris Sims, on Button. Ahmed Farid, you the man wearing the red pants today. Just driving the ship as usual. Making me look smart. You know, pushing back at the right times, even though you didn't push back much today. Not a whole lot. Yeah, yeah, you were pretty good. Yeah. You you were my friend today. It was a well-rounded conversation. Thank you. It was a well-rounded conversation. The good and the bad. Tomorrow, Week 16 Picks Podcast with Florio. Tune in, okay? It's the Joint Picks Podcast collaboration. And then after that... Enjoy your holiday week. Yeah. Okay. For everybody out there that might not listen to the Florio podcast with me picking games tomorrow, have a great Christmas, have a great holiday, Uh happy new year, whatever, all those good things. Be safe out there. Ahmed, you the man, you are my buddy and Merry Christmas to you as well. Merry Christmas, Chris. Clap it up. Clap it up.
0: <laughs> BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
1: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic.